Hey, welcome to the fifth episode of Like What You Like. I'm your host, Blake Corral. Here I am for you to talk about music with people who like music. Today's show has Joe and Tony on it. Uh, Joe and Tony are friends from Chicago. They are improvisers and creatives in their own right. This episode is very heavy on music production talk, so if you've been itching for that, we, <laughs> Joe and Tony are very fluent in those terms and kind of appreciate their songs with that language, so hopefully you can get some enjoyment out of that. It's just a new way to appreciate a song, and I try to give my perspective the best I can. I don't really speak the music production language either, but... Uh, I have a little bit of familiarity with it, which it makes it easy to at least follow what they're what they're going for. So maybe you can let me know what you think about that. We talk about, I think the types of music that we talk about in this episode are really interesting with my pick, which is kind of a heavier post-hardcore song uh, by the Venetia Fair. And then Joe's song is a ska song, which I was fascinated with coming into the episode. And we, we have a good discussion about Bruce Lee Band, which is a ska band comprised of some interesting musicians that Joe gets into and he knows more about. But I, I was familiar with Jeff Rosenstock, who's involved in the band, from his rockier stuff and his like singer-songwriter, singer-songwriter game. I, I've heard about him and he's got some good good stuff. And we talk about Incubus which is a band I'm not necessarily a fan of, but they are in a genre close to like Breaking Benjamin and and Three Days Grace and a lot of bands that I grew up listening to that got me into heavier music. It was the stuff that was on the radio. So it was good to talk to him about a band that I really hadn't explored before. And then we talk about the Foo Fighters, which is... Uh, a favorite of mine for years and years and years. And it, it was cool to talk about Everlong as the human classic and get their perspective on it because they're, they're rock fans. So, uh, yeah. Oh, what other... I mean, that's the episode for today. I wanted to do a little bit of a track recommendation right now. Not anything... Well, there's one new song on here, but there's another song on here I just wanted to recommend. And they're both kind of like in the rockier side of things one is a metalcore song by like Moss of flames it's called yotm it's it's coming it's on their upcoming record which i i think it's going to be awesome they've got they've maintained their heaviness which isn't if you know metalcore and how it's been evolving over the years since like 2015 with the release of some of bring me the horizons new material and not to say that they i guess change the genre by making different type of music themselves but there's been a lot of like radio friendly versions of these bands as they've evolved and they've lost their heaviness and that's nothing against them i just makes their music not interesting to me but what i'm saying is listen to like moss the flames new song it's it's super heavy it's got these elements of evolution for the band which are different from their earlier releases and they've been at it for a long time so i'd really recommend checking this one out i was completely blown away especially since i said the pattern of these bands changing 
is so prevalent that I w- might have been a little bit expectant that this song would have just fallen down the same rabbit hole. Uh, the other one's a, an older song from a band called Slow Mass, which uh, it, the song is called Suburban Yellow. And pull it up here. I saw Slow Mass with Law Dispute and uh, Gouge Away. Slow Mass is a Chicago band. They have an awesome session that they did with Audio Tree that I really recommend you check out. But this one, in comparison to the like Moss of Life song, is not as heavy. But it has like this very dark instrumentation, and the vocals are super interesting. the The lead vocalist she has a very powerful voice. And it's also complemented by the the other singer who plays guitar, who like his voice is melodic, and it's a really weird compliment just because there there are two singers, and it's not like one is screaming and one is singing cleans. So yeah, I'd really recommend checking out Slow Mass. They're from Chicago, and they opened up for La Dispute, and that that show was so awesome at Talia Hall. Uh, and like the opening bands really made it for me. I saw a lot of dispute again with the other band was empath, but it was a co-headlining tour with touche more and lot of dispute. So they always bring good bands out on the road, super experimental, like empath was super noisy on that show, but yeah, check out suburban yellow by slow mass. I think if you're into like grungier, darker instrumentation, their music is for you. Uh, yeah, and then the last thing that I was going to talk about is we're going to try to do some new release stuff in like full episode form coming up. And those releases will be set around like September 25th and October 9th. I don't know how much I want to say now just because I'm kind of getting all the details worked out with the people that I'm going to do it with. But, I mean, get excited for that. I'm ex- I'm looking forward to changing up the format a little bit from the regular interviews that I've been doing. And there's more of those to come, but to kind of vary the show a little bit and see what exactly we can do here. It's uh, it's, there's a lot of different things that I'm motivated to do and the format is exciting in itself, but I don't want it to be the limiting factor in the show. So I hope you're willing to come on the journey with me and maybe explore a little bit of different stuff and with new releases as opposed to talking about songs that already people like and it'll take the same shape as these shows where I'm not going to review an album that I don't like or uh, talk about something that isn't really interesting to me. So yeah, that's going to that's gonna be the... A, a new step forward for like what you like and make sure to follow the uh, playlists on Spotify, the songs from the podcast, everything is labeled like what you like. And we have an Instagram L W Y L podcast and we'll post when things go up and maybe we'll try some live streams or something like that, where I'm talking about music as I listen to it. Those are a little bit easier to have the audio and stuff put together this is the longest intro that we've done in if you make it to the episode through this i appreciate it so thank you very much uh for listening and we'll see you again next week with another episode all right bye
status though. <laughs> I don't bring modest guests on, so this is good. <laughs> <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> All right, let me make sure I got my notes up here. Oh, yeah. Oh, are there notes? I took are, notes. Uh, <laughs> you're a steel trap. I assume that you listened to every song like halfway through and then <laughs> like made your assumptions. Mine? No, all the songs. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't, I didn't listen to any of them yet. <laughs> That's Whoa. what I wasn't sure. Cause I was reading the description. It made it sound like yeah. we were going to listen to them as like a oh. group here. Yeah, we so. can do that too. I mean, especially since you haven't heard any of them. Yes, it might be helpful <laughs> to uh, to hear. I've heard my own song. Like we'll kind one. of uh, we'll kind of hold your hand through it then. Yay! Uh, cool. I okay. wanna hold your hand. Okay. Well, so this is unorthodox in two ways. So <laughs> yes. we're gonna we're getting a hot take from Tony and yeah, Joe sure. and I have both prepared. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's uh, that sounds great. That sounds like a fun time. I'll work on the documentation to be not vague. So. <laughs> um, Wait, did, okay. you, did you technically start yet or no? What do you mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. Is all of this going into the well, podcast? No, what Is I was going to say, I was going to make fun of myself because I realized I didn't need to jump out. I could have just switched the microphone in uh, Firefox. But uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I... Uh, a smooth open is a good open, is what I think. <laughs> and I didn't mean it in any other way except for audio. For whatever. sure. I get that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Qualifying it made it worse. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so we're going to be discussing three songs today. One by the Venetia Fair. One by, uh, let me get this right, Bruce Lee Band mm -hmm. and Incubus and the Foo Fighters. So... We got we got a lot on our plate now. Two of these songs I assume Tony's already heard. <laughs> so everybody went through the song. Okay, so I'll do a little bit of a a, a diatribe on it just to get started, and then we'll we'll all sort of do that with our songs. Sure, sure, sure. Um, this band is what I'll start with. The Venetia Fair is has been a. I think a band that only I have liked out of people that I've known and I, maybe you guys know what that feels like, but uh, just constantly showing them to people. Cause I never thought in the history of their existence, they ever got the attention they deserved, especially within the type of like post hardcore that they're in, which is like heavy instrumentation, cleaner vocals, a little bit more accessible. I think you, I don't know, like dance Gavin dance and, uh, I have a couple of other bands that I feel like are similar to them. Uh, they're they're probably as big, but the ongoing concept, closure in Moscow, and uh, yeah, those were the two I guess I put up. But I just think they're super unique. I call it circus core because <laughs> it's just so present with pianos and this bounciness and super fun. I I chose it kind of like with the the ska theme in mind because we're talking about like fun music here and sure. uh i think all of these bands are fun on this record which is a pretty like heavy concept record about mental stuff and this this song is totally lyrically set up like a story which i don't think the song feels that way especially with the way that the chorus kind of breaks in and is consistent throughout uh but the heavy instrumentation definitely is what got me into them and they're earlier work is a lot more circusy and a lot more chaotic if you ever wanted to check them out and 
they're just a super funny band too. Didn't like take themselves very seriously on their Facebook page. When they broke up, they just changed their banner to like comic sans, like <laughs> the Venetia fair is dead, like D E D. So I don't know. I, I appreciated this band so much. And like, it sucks that they never really got the attention they deserved, but I mean, the music that they did make was, was awesome. And this, this record and the record before it were both like super special to me for a while. Cool, man. Yeah. Nice. This, yeah. I, can I give an impression? Of course. Yeah. Now, and now it's like wild West. Sure. It's going to be we'll okay. Well, it. funny. You should mention wild West. Cause in, in my head, this was, uh, the lead singer of Coheed and Cambria along with fallout boy traveled back in time <laughs> to like the old West, a la yeah. like uh, back to the future three and w- winds up, uh, um, playing with, uh, the, uh, like the the little like ZZ Top uh, band that's in Back to the Future Three <laughs> to put this whole thing together to get that kind of like old west like piano like piano uh, 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 I don't know, not a piano man but whatever the, the hell they would call the like yeah players. I have saloon yeah. piano saloon piano down yeah. there we go right saloon here. piano yeah. saloon piano mixed with uh with like yeah very like Fallout Boy as far as like uh, cadence and feel as far as the, mm-hmm. the guitars and everything there uh, but the vocalist sound, sounded more like lead singer from Coheed. Uh, I think than than uh, than Fallout Boy or any of those, yeah. but yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a fun song. It's funny you mentioned Fallout Boy because uh, my first thing when I heard, well, the first thing I thought of was I've heard this. I don't know where, but somebody cool must have shown it to me at some point. Uh, <laughs> but this uh, the intro reminds me of um, oh, what's that Fallout Boy song? The this ain't a scene. It's an art. Uh, whatever that yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not a ripoff or anything. It's just like there's just like a chord going, just like da da da. You know. Uh, which uh-huh. was cool. Um, I didn't think of a saloon, actually. I thought of like a, a 1920s jazz era sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Which, I mean, you guys were right, as but I just heard uh, differently. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. It's not, well, it's not that it's wrong. I mean, right, it's uh, a history repeats, especially in music. Mm-hmm. Like there's things, things cycle back. So, uh, you know. 50s jazz could have been easily uh, uh, you know the the saloon piano For type sure. sound. I mean I even heard here like some Ben Folds era yeah. type stuff that 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 fits with this. Um like Ben Folds 5 is not too far removed. It's, I think it's just simpler instrumentation and vocal yeah, vocalizations sure. than what this was, but I could easily see his group doing something close to this. Yeah, uh, I in the verses I got like a uh let's check my notes here. It's uh, I got a vibe from like the Lies for Liars era of the Used. If you guys have ever heard that record, um, it's it sounded kind of cool like that. And then the chorus reminded me of like early My Chemical Romance, which was also cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, and like his vibrato is kind of similar to Gerard Way. I feel in that uh, sense. Um, and the the chord progression between in the chorus when it's the let me pull up the lyrics here. I prepared and then. I, everything is just a mess over here. Um, no, it's cool. In the uh, all of the songs I'd like to sing, I really like the chords that they chose to to go through over those chord, uh, go over those words. It sounded really cool. Yeah, I think especially since the piano is like such a character in the song. Mm-hmm. I it, there are uh, plenty of bands who have uh, keyboardists or synth players, and especially when you see them live, it's mm-hmm. like I wonder what is happening with that. <laughs> like, right. And in the mix here, it's totally present, even though it's a very vocal, like centered song for sure. I, 
Yeah, dude, one of one of my favorite uh, bands that also kind of have like a one and done, not even a hit one hit wonder, just like a one album wonder. Um, it was uh, a band called Dropping Daylight, uh, and they were they were fronted by a piano player lead singer. Oh, cool! Uh, oh, wow. And he was entertaining as hell because <laughs> I mean, of course, he's locked down to this keyboard the entire time on stage. Yet he's finding ways of like dancing around back and forth and getting like. I mean, he he would literally like walk from one end of the of the keyboard to the other, but keeping his head and hands in the same <laughs> spot, like and just he made a show out of out of being stuck behind this keyboard and played. If you look it up, it's it's it makes me think a lot of this kind of that dancey uh, up tempo piano, uh, and he kind of depending on the song would would drift in and out of other styles and have like you know more sultry type stuff, but a lot of it was this kind of up tempo dot 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 like same sort of uh, feel to it. Yeah. What do you guys think about the feel of the song, I guess? I thought it was really cool. I mean, like, just like having that positive energy going in. And it sounds like the the stories about someone kind of, I don't know, I... I'm going to be honest here. I don't know what most songs mean, but for for me, this one (laughs) kind of makes it seem like like there's there's someone tarnishing uh, something he enjoys. The singer yeah. Joyce. I don't. That's kind of what I got from it. Whether that's what it's about, I don't know. But uh, it's kind of cool in contrast that those are the lyrics like that, versus like the the positive might not be the word I'm looking for, but the the good uh, upbeat energy of the of the song. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's going to be something that's going to come up when we talk about Bruce Lee Band because I think subject matter and song feel. Yeah. Can differ widely and I, i'm learning that with like recording some of my own music right now too sure, yeah so it's a it's a it's a weird phenomenon for sure yeah sometimes um, you can mess with that too sometimes you can have something that has like very happy lyrics but is very, played very somber or vice versa for sure and and get a completely different impression out of it um when we when we get to the incubus track i picked it's it's one that actually is kind of a chameleon. Uh, it'll work a couple different ways, but oh, cool. we'll talk about that. We'll get to that. Right yeah, on, yeah. <laughs> cool. I'm satisfied with kind of like the the introduction to the song and like I mean, on your first, I, I guess I'm really interested on your first impression, Tony. Mm-hmm. Like we talked a little bit about it, but like, uh, is this something that's kind of like in your wheelhouse? Because we'll, we'll transition over to talking a little bit more about ourselves here soon. I mean, it's not far removed. It's definitely something where I would probably give. If I were listening to this album, I'm playing the next song. I'm at least I'm I'm intrigued enough to continue on. I wasn't um it didn't ever hit a point where I was bored. Structurally, it was interesting. Uh it kind of does this thing at the end where it's almost like two bridges, it seemed like in in the mm. in the mix as opposed to just like straight verse chorus verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus out. Like it wasn't, you know, <laughs> your standard format. Um so that was interesting, uh but it didn't feel like forced. It felt actually organic within the flow of the song to do it the way that they did it um so yeah i i would at least listen to the to the next song on the on the uh album if uh is it what what track number is this one this is the second song i believe okay cool see that's that that's interesting too is like where you put something on an album yeah if it's not like a hit single you know Mm -hmm. then people aren't going to go hunt for it they're going to have to kind of hit it organically so it's interesting where you place something to talk about with like uh singles and where you should put them within the album once it's fully released especially this day and age with yeah. uh singles being king yeah. yeah 
I have a I have a question actually. If that's track two, is track one kind of like an intro-y sort of thing, or is it like a fully fleshed out song? Just if you know off the top uh, of your head. I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, there is definitely a lot of songs that uh, kind of re readjust the the mood of this record. Sure. So yeah, cool. uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I I can listen to it right now and tell you, but I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure off the top of my head for sure now, yeah that's just why i was asking because i actually i was i was hoping this was a an album opener um because it's it, it starts yeah. off you know just like the dun 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 it's like oh yeah mm. give me that piano over here you know yeah i could picture this having like that just kind of random noise uh first track on right. the album it's like just swelling guitars and like mm-hmm. piano tuning or like i don't know oh yeah you could, you could have just kind of noise leading up to like like you know that could be a cool way to get it Cool. So we're, uh, what I know about you guys, so we met at IO, which is now a dead improv theater. Yep, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's usually what happens to improv theaters. <laughs> uh, we were all performers there, and uh, in between classes, and also Tony and I performed together, and then, I mean, so we're like a, a pyramid of acquaintance through performance, mm-hmm. right? So Tony and Joe also performed together that's at true. IO. Yeah, so you guys definitely know each other better than I know either of you like separately. So like, can you guys talk about how you guys met in your relationship? (laughs) Yeah, it was through, through improv classes. Was it level one or level two? It was two Two. because I, I took Monday afternoons and then they didn't offer an afternoon on Mondays for level two. So it was, I think Monday nights. Does that sound right? Something like that. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I think it was, uh maybe tuesdays but yeah i'm it was mary kate yeah right so and oddly enough a friend of mine from high school (laughs) in north carolina was our teacher for improv here in chicago illinois it's a small i hadn't seen in years yeah and uh Um, somebody i knew knew you from somebody i knew from the last class knew you and then all these people like seemed to be like hey tony and i was like this guy seems cool like he knows people (laughs) i gotta know this guy we carried over most of our class. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like one or two. People. It was like most of that class was from level one. So we were all we were all in the shit for level one together. Yeah. And then yeah, and then we just uh, we we've been friends ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Joe Joe is the sweetest boy. That's uh, really <laughs> thank you. I appreciate. It's very that. true. I really appreciate uh, that. Joe Joe is the first one to to reach out when uh, whenever you're feeling down. He'll he'll catch on and and he'll check in with you. Uh, and if you're having a having a good time, Joe's right along there alongside you. He's a he's a good buddy. No, thanks, man. I could say the same about you because you've reached out to me when things are rough too. So I appreciate it. Yeah. So my impression was, and you guys can take this how you want. I thought you guys knew each other through music or something like that because I know to- uh, not Tony, Joe. <laughs> you're you're in a band, That's and then Tony, you play music. And you just seem to, <laughs> I, I, like, I don't know your history. Yeah, no, so I, like, in DC, yeah. I played in a bunch of, of like cover and tribute bands. Uh, so right. I, at one point in time, I was in three tribute bands, Incubus, 311, and Green Day all at the same time. Oh, Green uh, Day one too. I so, didn't know about that. Yeah. And so we would, uh, we would play, it was great because they only play like once every six months. But when you alternate them, then it's like once every two months, you've got a gig with yeah. one of them. Uh, and we would do like long shows, like the the uh, the Green Day band or uh, the uh, 311 band. We would do like three sets uh, of like 12 to 14 songs each. Nice. So it was it was a it was a lot, but it's it was fun. Yeah, yeah, it's the the fan base for that for that band is incredible. 
I mean, they they were our first show had like 350 people. Oh wow! Crazy. Holy hell! That's wow. amazing. Yeah, yeah. We packed. I've never attended a tribute place. show before. I we uh. The uh, Blank 281, which is a Blink 182 tribute band, they uh, took us uh, onto some shows, and uh, it's it's phenomenal to watch those guys work because it's like watching the actual band. So I can only assume that Tony's band was just like watching 311. And so we're yeah, yeah I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, no, but so there's tribute bands and there's cover bands. Yeah, tribute com- bands only play the songs of one band they'll, and a cover band they'll either do one band or they'll do like a, a style or an era so there's okay. so there are like um 80s tribute bands they'll only do like 80s music but it's from pretty much any artist in the 80s um so there's a few of those that there's your and there's also like genre like there's boat rock bands they'll just do like <laughs> boat rock stuff that could stretch all the way to present day um right. and so it depends on on what they're being a tribute of but yeah it's usually centered around one core idea and just doing everything within that versus a cover band will will do like beyonce and follow it up with you know matchbox 20 and then play like led zeppelin like they, there's no real rhyme or reason when it gets into the cover band territory right yeah. So my band actually falls in between those because <laughs> uh, we do late 90s through mid 2000s, early to uh, early 2010s, like uh, pop punk and emo stuff. Mm, OK, um, so we do. How do emo like, are we talking? Uh, surface level, I guess, like the popular okay. stuff. Not like we don't do any uh, American football or like. Right to oh, Spring my like my flag is <laughs> yeah. in my room. <laughs> that reminds me, I have a, uh, in addition to that comedy bang bang thing for you, I have a sticker for American football for you as well. Oh so, man, just put it in my inbox or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. like my little uh my file thing that I should have at your house. Absolutely. Yeah, it's filling up, dude. It's the blank folder. Yeah, right. <laughs> Joe, you you gotta plug yeah. the name of the group though. Because yeah. that's that's part of the enjoyment of of your band well, is the name. Thank you. I wish I came up with it. I joined the band after everyone else. But uh our our name is Malort and Savior. Uh you can find us uh on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, is there a plug section? Should I wait for that? It can happen whenever you want. Okay. You'll have to explain what Malort is to the yeah. non-Chicago Yeah, listeners. for sure. So Malort, is, and this is coming from a guy who doesn't really drink, so this is my favorite part. Um, the Malort is this liquor that is, I believe, made in Chicago by Jepson Distillery. I'm not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and it's made w- through Wormwood. I don't... Guys, we're learning I'm a poser here. This is what we're learning. Uh, I think you're talking about absinthe. I, uh, I could look up the Wikipedia pen, uh, entry. Usually, we, I have one Malort shot during a set. We all take a okay. shot. We play, usually it's uh, Best of You by the starting line. And uh, there's just a part where our keyboard slash acoustic guitar player just kind of just hangs on one chord. And then we all take a shot. And then we jump back in. I like... Set. I like Sorry. stuff like that where there's something that's like a group aspect to yeah. it. We had um, uh, in the 311 band, we we did what they do. So they they play a, a song called uh, Applied Science and there's a drum solo in the middle and they all leave the stage except for the drummer, obviously. Um, but then when they come back out, they come back out with other drums and they do like a full like marching band style drum cadence with the full band playing drums. Then those the drums get pulled off stage by stagehands. They take their instruments back and they pick back up and finish the rest of the song. That's cool. Uh, and so we did that a couple times for shows where we went out and got like and like learned a whole drum cadence together. And, <laughs> and but I mean, yeah, whenever you get something that's like some sort of group aspect that 
fans like latch onto that shit. That's like their moment. They know that's fucking yeah, coming. Yeah. It's just waiting for for that song. So they'll go buy their Malort shots, which I don't know why anyone has more than one Malort shot in their life. But. <laughs> My I have two friends that legitimately love it, and uh, I love that about them. So it's a personality trait. I have yet to try it. I've smelled Malort, so yeah, it's just as, as bad. I, I shouldn't say it, it tastes. It's the same. I shouldn't bad. say that. That's that's rude of me. Uh, it's just it's it's an experience that I think we should all have at least once a week. Mm. Um, and uh, I uh, I will promote it every chance I have. So I would fucking move. Amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would be done with this town. <laughs> awesome. So let's uh, let's move to you, Joe. Yeah. So yeah, let's not do any any preface. Just let you go into it because oh I feel boy, like you can about this song. Or about uh yeah about Bruce Lee band yeah so yeah I uh, Bruce Lee band uh throughout all their iterations has been um fronted by Mike Park on vocals and saxophone uh he runs Asian Man Records he's been a slew of other bands he's in Bruce Lee band one of my uh all time favorites also he's in Skank and Pickle one of my all time favorites as well uh which is I almost chose the Skank and Pickle song for this but then I remembered this song and I've I really dig it. Bruce Lee Band's always been kind of like a, a super group of sorts. Like their first album in the 90s was Mike Park and uh, Less Than Jake being the backing band. The second one <laughs> in the mid 2000s was an EP with uh, RX Bandits as the backing band. And then this one, which is kind of, it's it's been kind of almost the same iteration every time. But uh, this particular um um, ver- um, version of the band from the community support uh, support group Seven Inch, which is his friend, uh, is Mike Park mm-hmm. and Jeff Rosenstock, who's uh wow. from you know Jeff Rosenstock uh, and uh, uh, Bound the Music Industry. Uh, Kevin Higuchi, also from Jeff Rosenstock and a bunch of other bands. Dan Podhast is oh he's I'm sorry Dan Podhast is not on this one. He's currently in the band uh, as the guitar player, but uh, this one has oh I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's Mike from um. Shinobu and uh, Death Rosenstock is on guitar in this one. Um, yeah, this I I love ska guys. Um, I've been a fan since. Uh, y'all know Tony Hawk. Y'all, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. So Goldfinger. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. As Tony yeah. knows, my favorite song is Superman by Goldfinger, and I talk about mm-hmm. it ad nauseum. Uh, do I think it's the greatest <laughs> song in the world? I do, but I'm not going to tell you guys that on this podcast (laughs) um uh is it the best song it absolutely is but um this song though there's all ska songs are kind of upbeat for the most part but like a lot of times Mm -hmm. their lyrics can be sad and um kind of uh about anything and this song i think is kind of kind of like that especially with that build at the end which is my favorite part and my least favorite part because uh, I went to school for audio engineering and I used to hate when bands would like hit those compressors and limiters hard where you kind of like lose the drums. And it would clip. Yeah, and it clips a little bit. Uh, like, mm. uh, and a lot of uh, Jeff Rosenstock's production style has that. But that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like it's a, it's a character. It's a, it gives the character to the song. Uh, but it took me a long time to fully believe that uh, before I heard this song, uh, which is a bummer because it's 
made me miss out on one of my favorite bands of all time until I was in my mid twenties, which is uh, on the music industry, which is Jeff's other uh, band there. But uh, I love this song. Uh, I love Mike Park's voice. Um, it evokes a certain joy in me. Ever since it, every time I hear anything he does, I remember being that fifteen-year-old kid that discovered uh, a Skank and Pickle song called "I Miss the Bus" on uh, on LimeWire or Kazaa or something like that, which is just a really silly song about missing the bus because he, he stayed up late watching TV. But uh, what you do? yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, it's very relatable. But um, it's it's just. It's always it's always good to hear what Mike Park and the boys are doing, um, and like hearing uh, Jeff's voice doing backups. Uh, I consider, I don't know if this is a hot controversial take, but I consider Jeff Rosenstock and and Dan uh, Podhast as like two of the greatest vocalists in history. Is so I'm I'm biased wow. with this, yeah. Uh, but hearing uh, Jeff doing the ooze in the back uh, during that second verse. Um, one of my favorite little things is I love, I love Scott organ a lot as well. Uh, but in the chorus, it's not an organ playing. It's, it's probably an emulated clavinet sound. So like, there's like mm -hmm. a little, like, it's a fun song with like a little bit of a, a dark character. Another thing too, that, uh, I grew to like is, and it's, this is across all of pretty much all of the albums that Jeff Rosenstock's on is like that guitar sound that's it's crunchy but it's also uh recorded with a little bit of attitude so kind of like kind of like the and i'm very surprised that i didn't make a weezer reference until right now but it's kind of like pinkerton-esque uh like how this guitar sound on there a little bit mm -hmm. um yeah i'm i wonder what you guys think about it yeah tony first first thoughts and also do you scott have you scott prior to this <laughs> podcast oh i'm i i have scott yes uh okay I, so i mean i played in a it's interesting because oh 311 <laughs> right is that not scott is that they're scott not, they're not scott the but okay so let me tie, let me <laughs> this is what i know show. we'll get to that in the video in the so we we watched this as on a youtube clip and in the beginning of the video it makes a mention of operation ivy yeah. which was also one of the early ref or early uh, uh, inspirations for Green Day, and I played in a Green Day tribute band. So there's there's some tie back going back to that point, but mm -hmm. Ivy's kind of where it splits. Like it goes into the, kind of the pop punk territory, and then also into the into the ska territory. Yeah. But there are some kind of similar bones there for for each of them. Um, this one, uh, I like I like the music. I think this is one I would probably enjoy live more than I enjoyed recorded because of kind of Joe what you pointed out the recording style. It wasn't just that like clipping sound with like the full like raucous part at the end where it would actually sort of distort uh, at, at the top mm -hmm. end of, of the of the volume, uh, but also that farty bass bugs the shit out of me. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> as a bass player, as a bass yeah. player, like that's not my tone to to go for. Hey, Jeff's playing um, the bass. He's playing the bass in this one. Yeah, it's it sounds great. Don't get me wrong; it sure, sounds sure, great. Sure. Uh, 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 as far as like the actual musicality, but the actual like recorded quality of it bugs me a little bit. Um, so I found myself listening to that and then locking in on the bass, where uh, I was noticing. I I think there's maybe like fifteen twenty notes total in this entire song that uh, the bass player is playing not locked into the kick drum. Okay. Like it's uh, it's almost constantly with the kick for every do 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 like mm -hmm. it's there's always that percussive kick behind it just to to like accentuate it so it stands out so much more in the mix. Um mm -hmm. and from a standpoint of talent like 
he's solid because the two of them are locked in. Like it, they're very much in the pocket together and, and on top of that. But um, yeah, it made me notice the bass and I was just kind of caught myself like, just listen to vocals, like find something else. Yeah, Because right. <laughs> the guitar sounded great. I actually like the, the kind of the, the up, up uh, pick, um, you know, ska guitar sound, sound. Yeah, kind of yeah. jangly. Yeah. yeah kind of jangly uh, guitar tone, like a, like an old Strat or Tele or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that stuff I, I really enjoy. Um, and then the, the drum sounded, it's that lo-fi tight sound to them. Right. Uh, which I, which I think is great too. So I, there's, bits and pieces on, on either side as far as the actual song itself like i said i think i would really enjoy it live um uh, as i do with most ska like i will definitely go see a ska band oh live. it's the best um, it's 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 the best old warp tour was was my was my jam for sure uh, right. to, to yeah, go check that absolutely. out and just see a, a nice mix of really kind of both legs of that op ivy split mm-hmm. like you can go see the pop punk and go see like some 41 green day blank but yeah. you could also go into the onto the other side and see um you know catch 22 or real big fish less than jake yeah. you know all onto that territory too that's a fascinating point tony because I, I so i went to warp tour my first warp tour was in 2017 oh, so wow. okay Different definitely warp tour yeah, now. Right. definitely definitely def, well warp tour is dead but uh <laughs> the, Much like definitely different eras of <laughs> of warp tour sure. and I the I think the ethic of warp tour is what you guys are discussing with like this lineage thing and this sort of scene that's based around different genres and stuff totally lost in like the later warp tours especially when we're getting into like metalcore uh like past like 2010 yeah. which is just like singing and uh and screaming right. and then like heavy ass breakdowns which is why I was there so I'm not going to like take myself <laughs> out of the I feel uh, like there's 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 some of that to be blamed on fueled by ramen. Like they <laughs> they just kind of took like pop punk and then just like mashed it up with everything else, and you ended up with like gym class heroes and Fallout Boy and Paramore all in the same all, on right. the same uh, lineup together. And it's like eh, those don't really go together, but sure. <laughs> you know what I found out recently? I think oh no, it was Yellow Card. Yellow Card signed a Capital, but they licensed one of their things to one of the releases to an indie label to keep them some street cred. And then they released ocean Avenue on Capitol, which is, it, it boggles my mind. What, uh, sorry, what I was getting at with like the warp tour thing. Sure. And, uh, no, I was just, ska has like come back into my brain and sort of like, this is the impetus for like kind of wanting it on the show is I, I've been more interested in emo in like the nineties mm-hmm. and the bills that were being made around then, with like local shows and stuff were, were emo bands, hardcore bands, and then, and then ska bands kind of like, I don't know, these rebellious <laughs> bands that were in genres that were playing together that I don't think that doesn't happen much anymore. I went to a show and it was, a, it was like a modern metalcore show. I can't remember if it was like as they lay dying or like some band like mm-hmm. that, but messed played. Oh, sure. And like, crowd was completely dead the entire time and i I just remember their name because they were like completely different than Mm -hmm. anything that i had ever heard before and then they were like hey guys not everybody screams in bands so like (laughs) yeah now i got a question for you do you think that uh the crowd was dead because they just didn't get what the dealio was yeah i don't think they got the dealio and i was i was uh yeah 
I totally get the dealio now. For sure. You know. For sure. But I if I was at a if I was at a show that was this type of music, I'd I'd know what to do. For sure. Yeah. It's have fun. And uh I mean, over the years people will be like, Scott's coming back. Scott's coming back. But I actually feel like over the past three to five years, Scott's been I mean, nothing's gonna be I don't the way that music is now, I don't think anything is gonna be like super popular as it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, because there's so many different ways to consume music and there's, uh, I don't, I don't know how to put it, but I feel like there's, there's more bands now doing stuff in that's getting not bigger, but like notoriety, uh, now than there was like 10 years ago, uh, mm-hmm. when I was in a shitty scabbing, I shouldn't call it shitty. We had fun. I really loved it. And I loved everyone I was in a band with. I shouldn't say that. Um, I'm going to get when this when this is released, I'm going to get texts from my friends being like, what the hell? And I'm like, you're right. That was a terrible thing. I was it, it doesn't matter. You got to defend Scott right now because I'm not I'm not putting all the weight on you. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed this. And I did a lot of like priming to like be able to talk about this in a way that was like, I don't know, in a, in a way where I felt like I know what I was talking about. Yeah. I watched a tutorial <laughs> of how to actually play the ska guitar. I listened to like, I, I looked up like ska classics playlists sure. on Spotify just to get some like context. Yes. And then like, and then diving back into this song, I was like, okay, now I can sort of understand where everything is sitting and how like the lyrics and things don't necessarily have to line up with what's happening musically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, I'll defend ska with uh, the one sentence that I tell everybody is that ska is great. It's it's great. It's I mean, I I don't know if people get turned off by the horns. I don't know if people get turned off by like hearing some goofy song from the '90s or something like that. But like, I've always, I'm not gonna say it's the music that spoke to me, but like, it's one of those things where I was like, oh, you can do this. Oh, this is cool. What is this sort of thing? Oh yeah. Um, and uh, you know, like ska music originally, uh, came from like Jamaica and it was like a celebratory music. And then it made its way to uh, the UK where you had like two tone era. And like, it was just like uh, people banding together. And like, that's where the checkerboard uh, pattern comes forward. Where it's just like, um, don't be racist sort of thing. And then it comes through into the 90s with uh, the third wave and like Scott punk and all that stuff through op Ivy at the end of the eighties, early nineties. And um, I, have, I have a question. What ska guitar uh, tutorial did you watch? Did you watch the one that Aaron from Real Big Fish did? Uh, it was a very, it was an older gentleman. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, I, no, it's, I, uh, I did a project in a, in a music class in college on ska music, and I used uh, that clip for, of Aaron talking about ska music, and I got an A. So I was just seeing nice. if that was the same nice. one. Uh, nice humble brag, Joe. Thank you. Nice humble brag. Thank you. Wait, wait. All right, wait. So yeah. I, I need to bring this this full circle as far as the conversation yeah, goes. So earlier do. we were talking about this idea of uh, cover bands and tribute bands and, and like the, the definition between the two. So uh, some friends of mine back in D.C. are in a ska tribute band yeah. um, called Party Like It's. I like uh, it. And, and when I first met them, their guitarist was this guy, uh, Taylor, uh, Taylor Morton. And... Um, Taylor has since moved out to Oregon and he's also like me, a filmmaker. I'd actually worked on a couple of their original, like their music videos. So if you go look them up on YouTube, there's some great music videos, covers of actual ska songs, 
covers of other songs made into ska yeah. style like uh i actually shot there as long as you love me backstreet boys cover <laughs> uh video uh and helped out with the the first version of uh timber uh the kesha and uh, oh, cool. like they did a ska version of that um but anyway look them up they're great uh, but Taylor has since moved out to the to the West Coast and was has started producing uh, a lot of documentaries, including um, uh, uh, Pick It Pick Up, it up. Uh, Ska in the 90s, uh, which is a great documentary to go look up if you're interested in learning more about the history of Ska, what, what uh, Joe was kind of scratching the surface on. Oh, yeah. You can go check it out. Uh, my buddy Taylor made that one, and it includes footage of him. He got to go play uh, trumpet with... Uh, real big fish on stage Amazing. at some big concert so it's like video of him dancing around with them like interspersed in different parts of the of the movie but it's great yeah um definitely worth checking out if you want to dig in and get more about that world uh it's it's so good and like i don't know you know how like people say that your favorite music will always be your favorite music uh because you listened to it when you were like 15 and then it's just always mm-hmm. going to be that way i don't know yeah. if that's true for everybody but like that's when i was discovering all this stuff i actually like the tony hawk stuff set off the spark and then like i would hear stuff here and there and be like this is cool like what is this and somebody would be like it's this and i'd be like great and then like i started getting like the warp tour cds and some other uh, comps from uh the library in my hometown and i was like this music is great and then that's when like limewire and kazaz started coming because youtube wasn't around uh and i started finding all these bands and then i would get i you know you would download the songs that say it's by no doubt but it's actually by say ferris you know uh and uh when everything was mislabeled right exactly and i'd be hearing all this stuff and like it's just it's so much at once and like all of my yeah i'm sorry not all but four out of my top five favorite bands of all time i heard for the first time between the ages of uh like nine and fourteen yeah and i don't know what that says about me but like my favorite show uh that i ever saw was i think it was 2007 or 2008 my uh my cousin mike uh who introduced me to mu330 and uh hot stove jimmy and some other bands and uh also minor threat and bands like that uh he took me to see less than jake and real big fish play and less than jake at the time was always doing themed shows which was a cool thing because like ska shows were always like primarily goofy and always a fun time and they were doing i believe it was price is right themed and uh so like <laughs> to pick the song that they're doing they would have like price is right games i hope i'm remembering this correctly i know i saw them once that was circus themed and i swear price is right because i swear there was a plinko thing and <laughs> never I, ever been a show that i've ever been to really oh totally. <laughs> Great. it's so good and uh That's so the awesome. um I, I remember it was it had to have been 2007 because it was around the time that uh, one of their albums came out and people didn't like the record. And, uh, you know, it, they did the Plinko to see what record they were going to play songs off of. And I swear to God, I was pretty far back, but I swear to God, it landed on that record. And immediately right before they announced what they were doing, Roger, the bass player, started playing uh, the lead track off of Hello Rockview, which is one of their best ones. And they all started laughing and they jumped into it. And and then like after the song was done, they're like, "Oh, didn't you see what it landed on?" And he was like, "Nope." And they started playing the next one, uh-huh. and it was oh, it was so good. Um, yeah, I I personally have never had a bad time at a ska show, but as I said, I love ska, and uh, I think it's a lot of fun. You know, hmm, for sure. Yeah. 
think we could talk about it forever because I mean, like we're we're talking about like genres of music that are completely discounted by some people. Sure, and, and right. Then, I think ska's got a special place for that. Definitely, because it's not heavy music. Right. Which I think is more written off immediately, mm-hmm. and why I sympathize with you so deeply. Oh, thank you, about, my like, I appreciate that. Something yeah, and not like not everybody getting it. Yeah, I. I'm also real nervous doing this, so I could talk forever because I'm nervous as well. So it's like that weird intersect <laughs> of like something I love and then something that like I'm nervous doing. So yeah, like what you like. Hey, man. like what you like. <laughs> yeah, that's what love is. Love, all love, about love, love, love is love is love. Right. <laughs> Hell yeah! I mean, should we put uh, Tony on the spot? Hell then? yeah, dude. Sure. Crowded elevator by Incubus. It's an interesting track to me because it actually exists not on any like major release Incubus album. It was recorded originally with the intent of putting it on um, on uh, uh, Make Yourself, which is the one that had Pardon Me and uh, Drive, which was one of their biggest hits early on, right. and uh, Stellar and all those. Uh, and so if you listen to it compared to those songs, it does sound a little kind of off. It's maybe a little closer actually to what they were doing back on uh, Science, which was the album before that. It's a little bit more spastic, but it's also it's like spastic under control. I guess <laughs> is the best way I can put it. Um, this one this one's a lot more controlled feeling than than anything that was on Science, uh, but also doesn't fit with uh, Morning View, which is the one that came right after. So it was kind of stuck between. So what they did was they put this one on the Scream Three soundtrack uh, as one of the releases <laughs> on that. Uh, and then they later came out with a, uh, a compilation that was a mixture of, uh, of other songs and acoustic versions of things off of, uh, off of Make Yourself that was called uh, When Incubus Attacks, Volume 1, and then later Volume 2. Uh, so this was on, on Volume 1. Um, but it's, it's a, I, I love this song. Uh, I love it so much I named my production company after it. Oh, nice. We are Crowd oh, cool. Elevator nice. Pictures uh, because of it. Uh, our sound effect, if you watch one of my short films, uh, is uh, is actually the the trailing end at the end of the song of kind of the the guitars and everything fading out, and then I synth recorded the do 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 like the the little progression to go along. So that's our sound effect for it. Um, yeah, I I adore the song, and it, I, as a bass player, I love everything that's going on with the with the bass. It's it's almost changing styles within the within the course of the song from like this he- kind of heavy raunchy uh, low down to like almost a jazzy. Uh, kind of noodle around part uh, uh, during the uh, verses, um, and uh, and I love the guitars not being the forefront. Like in so many other songs, the, the guitar is the focus. This one, right. I think the bass really carries the melody, and the guitar is kind of doing like almost rhythm uh, uh, to go along with the with the drums for it. Uh, so it's just a it's a really interesting song to me, and it kind of hits right in the middle of the era when I was most into this band. Um, which was right between those two is with their old bass player who uh, Dirk Lance, who I adore. Um, and, uh, and I, I went and saw him on tour a handful of times during this era. Um, it's just, it's wonderful. It, it makes me extremely happy to listen to. And the great thing w- about this song to me is that it's kind of dual meaning. If you actually listen to the lyrics, the, uh, um, the lyrics talk about a couple in an elevator doing something that causes everybody in the, in the elevator to kind of back up to the walls. And it's not entirely clear. Um, it, it says like, let's go at it uh, is, is more or less what it's talking about. What is, what does go at it mean? Does it mean that they're having a knockdown drag out fight in a crowded elevator with a bunch of people who are then freaked out and back up to the walls? 
Or is this a couple that basically just starts like fucking in the middle of the elevator <laughs> with a bunch of people around? And so depending on what mood I'm in, this song will take on different meanings at the time that I go to listen to it. Like if I'm pissed off, it fits, it fits the mood. If I'm you know happy, it fits the mood. Like uh, it's, it's, it's kind of multi-purpose for me. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I definitely liked it. Yeah. My first thought, <laughs> and this, I mean, wasn't. I liked it. My first thought was Breaking Benjamin, but it's obvious this preceded Breaking Benjamin, which I had <laughs> yeah. no idea. So, like, that's why I'm into it. If I, oh, yeah. I hate guilty pleasures because I just like the music that I like, and who cares? Uh, but if I did have one, right, this like this mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. of post grunge, call it new metal, whatever. I'll, I'll never stop loving it because it it just like what mm. that's kind of like what you were saying, Joe, like the music that that you grow up listening to. This is the kind of stuff that was that I was allowed to listen to. It's funny. Um, the moment for me, like the moment that I hear that, like s- slightly overdriven, like clean guitar, like riff in the intro, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is an incubus track. Like if I were to just hear yeah. this on the radio, I would know like there's some uh, and like most bands have this, but like there's always like some little isms that bands have musically or like, you know, usually it's like when you hear the vocalist, you like got it, but like they're like, they got that tone and I don't even know what it is, but every Incubus song has like this weird bendy thing in it that like, mm-hmm. is like yeah. the moment you hear it, it's, it's like, Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a dual phaser. It's a, it's a really crazy. He actually okay. runs two phasers and sure. one at a slow pace, one at a, at a high cool. pace. And they interact with one another and create this kind of like wow, 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 I love wow, it. wow, 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 like like thing that goes on, and and he messes with them at different paces for different songs. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to to mess around with. And there's and they'll put bass on on bass too, which yeah. I don't hear that often. Um, yeah, they they were unafraid of putting like effects on pretty much anything other than the drums. Sure. The drums are like always like crisp clean. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I. I this stuff, this thing, so much fun. This, uh, <laughs> uh, you, I'm sorry, you might have said this before, but late '90s, yeah. early 2000s, around that time. This would have been early 2000s, yeah, because sure. because uh, Make Yourself was released, I think, 1999. Right on. Uh, and this, so this would have been recorded in the '90s, but not released until Scream Three, which I think was like 2000. Sure, sure. Like yeah, it's uh, those drum uh, sounds, man. They're killer. They're um, this and Everlong have that like really cool. Uh, like late nineties, early two thousands, alt rock drums uh going in with like the kick is really like it's punchy but it's pillowy and the snare yeah. is really uh crisp. Like this one, the snare is snappy as hell and I love it. Yeah. Uh I feel like that that may have come from so these guys used to tour with three eleven a lot and mm-hmm. one of three eleven signatures is is uh the drummer uses a piccolo snare. Oh sure. Uh Chad Sexton uses this really high pitched snare that that uh you can hear in all their all their stuff. And so I wonder how much of that like Jose Pacias, the the drummer from Incubus, how much of that he picked up? Because I know basses. The reason that that uh, Dirk played Warwick's was because of Peanut in okay. Three Eleven. That he picked, he he was playing Ibanez, and then they started touring together, and Tim was like, "No, try this." <laughs> thing. And so he's basically playing the same bass that Peanut was playing early early on in in their uh, in their run. Yeah. Um, and then Einziger, the you point you point out the guitar. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a hollow body PRS. Really. Like one of the big hollow body. It's a weird guitar for someone to use in like pop rock music. It's like a jazz guitar. Right on. That's cool. Is, is what he was using. And so the, it's such a distinct sound that's just, a, it's not as 
like crunchy heavy as mm-hmm. like a heavy rock but it's the same brand that makes all those guitars at like lincoln park sure. and like you know uh um uh, limp biscuit and all those we're using mm-hmm. like it's just <laughs> yeah. you know it's it's the same same heavy guitar but it's on the lighter jazzier sure. end of what they make yeah so it, it's got its own distinct tone uh yeah uh other things that i like about that what's the vocalist name from incubus uh is uh, brandon boyd yeah his voice is smooth as hell it's uh yeah. it's always like a i don't know if it's just something that they also do production wise but his voice always comes through so nice and clean and it's it's so wonderful um i especially in turn with the music there's a part in the first uh verse where he sings uh tip of my tongue and the kick drum hits in each of those words yeah and the tip of my, of tongue. my yeah, tongue it's so only. yeah and then in the second verse he does this high uh he goes falsetto for wait one minute and i heard it and it gave me chills and i was like whoo all right like it's, yeah it's a great track dude and and he's yeah he's, he's got a he doesn't do much vibrato he's like just fucking on mm-hmm. the note like perfectly vibrato is one of those things you can hide uh being off pitch a little right. bit uh if, if you're hitting a vibrato he just doesn't. He just fucking nails the note, and and I'm impressed because every time I've seen him live, he's right there. It's not it's not something that's only on record because I think we've all had those bands that we went to go see that like on record sound amazing, yep. and you go check them out, and it's like Jesus, they can't <laughs> right, <that sound."> right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, I thought the little outro with the noise with the rotary effect on the guitars, or maybe it was the phase effect that you're talking about. I think it's the yeah, phase, yeah, yeah. just yeah, just letting it fade yeah. out with it. Yeah, it's cool uh and you know i'm always a fan of like b-sides and stuff that didn't make the record uh there's yeah. oftentimes like my favorite goldfinger song is on the is a b-side of a seven inch uh promotional thing uh my favorite b-side uh i mean my favorite real big fish song is also like something on the b-side of a promotional seven inch uh yeah and like the, those tracks to me if there's one that i really like uh it's it's probably gonna be my favorite by that band and like i'm not a huge incubus fan like if it's on i i'm jamming with it and i like it uh but i don't always seek out to listen to them but i think i would seek this out to listen to this again because i really dug this track yeah i was not expecting this song to sound this way when you said incubus i was like i mean drive and uh pardon me have a little bit more of a laid back feel and this one like punched me in the ears and And that and that's why I think if you go back and listen to science from them, science okay. is is, mm-hmm. clo- is science is actually on the edgier side of this. Like uh, it's they tamed themselves quite a bit going into into Make Yourself, and then again going into Morning View, um, mm-hmm. and then after that they came back out and are, they changed bass players and became kind of a different sort of band. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But uh, but for those albums, yeah, there's definitely a progression that where they you see them kind of grow up and mm-hmm. just mellow out a, a decent amount going through those three albums, but there's still always kind of that edge uh, all yeah. the way through. And they reached like the same commercial success that like all the other bands that, I mean, Deftones, Limb Biscuit, mm-hmm. Alien Amp yeah. Farm, like, you know, like they yeah. all kind of, they're like very different bands in mm-hmm. many ways. And somehow like they they all kind of come to mind for me and but it was all radio stuff too i I wanted to say something about the vocals too because i think that this type of music can get into the like the herder like sort of (laughs) like territory and like i'm so happy like kind of like the puddle of mud like the the horizontal like that kind of thing or like yeah and yeah totally like talented dude and like 
like looking into this band more like that it was so easy to see that they were like a fun band and like had like an actual like fan base that was like Mm -hmm. not a joke right like yeah i don't know like would be for like smash mouth or something like that Mm. but well thanks for bringing that one like i i don't think i i would have explored incubus to this level without that dude if you like that one go find uh the warmth from uh from uh make yourself that one it starts out with whale sounds like it's yeah. that it i mean it and that one's one of my favorite tracks to actually play on bass uh because it's another one that's very bass heavy and the guitars the guitar is just kind of creating an ambiance behind it uh it's great somebody uh cool. once told me a demo i made i uh, thought it was cool that it started off with whale sounds and i had to tell them that it was actually me singing a cappella. so <laughs> uh, but that's, that's uh that. when we played live with the was <laughs> trivia, i did i did the whale sounds acapella. oh I, hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a whale. Human classic song, a song that is so present that it kind of breaks genre boundaries. As the show progresses, I think these songs will kind of fit that definition a little bit more loosely. But uh, up until this point, we've done like Don't Stop Believing and then Mad City by Kendrick Lamar, which is a more recent song. So like th- those songs uh, fit it pretty well. Everlong, I've ran into people who haven't heard Everlong, what? which makes me very sad. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy that both of both y'all have heard it. The, the big thing about this song is kind of where it sits in your brain, like right now, just as a song that you've heard uh, many times before. And yeah, I don't because when I think about this song, I, I never get tired of it. And it's like one of my favorite things to do on like a drop D guitar yeah. is to play this song. The chords are so beautiful. And um, I mean, if we get into talking about Foo Fighters, like Dave Grawl and that whole band, mm-hmm. like will always be like one of my favorites. And like the whole, the back catalog is like monumental and will stand the test of time already. And they're like one of those old bands that is not like a bunch of zombies on stage, yeah. you know, like they're, like totally can tell that they're going to be around for like the long hauls. Yeah. Girl's gotten to the point where he can do whatever he wants to like, Oh yeah. Any, he wants to pull together a super group. Like, you know, was it them damn or them crooked vultures or yeah. Like you can, he can do that. You know, he's reached that point in his career. (laughs) Um, and yeah, he's, he, I feel like he gets away with murder to some degree, (laughs) but everybody likes him. Like, I, I don't know anybody that's like, fuck Dave Grohl. (laughs) Them crooked vultures. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. He seems like a genuine dude. And like uh, his, much like when I mentioned last time with Jeff Rosenstock, (laughs) Dave Grohl's voice is probably one of my favorite. (laughs) That was great. In general, Uh, rounding out with uh, that top five with uh, Freddie Mercury and then. I don't know, off the top of my head, uh, wow. Tom DeLong, maybe? But, uh, uh, yeah, sorry. That is, thank you. Yeah, well, um, I don't know. I think probably Milo uh, Ackerman mm-hmm. from The Descendants, probably, for me. But, um, yeah, I don't know. His voice, much like uh, Mike Park, you know, like, when I hear him, I'm, like, transported back mm-hmm. into that music discovery phase. Like, 
Dave Grohl, because Foo Fighters were always on like the radio, you know, and my family used to take, yeah. uh, we used to drive places for vacations. And like, I feel like I would just hear, I feel like I would hear Everlong like seven times a day as we were just driving through. So it's cool mm-hmm. to get those, um, to get those memories kind of flowing back with these songs, you know, and uh, like uh, to echo what someone said in the YouTube comments for this. It's uh, this, some guy said, this is one of those songs I can listen to over and over and never get tired. Mm-hmm. Much like what you said, Blake. And it's true. This song is just one of those great rock songs that like, I don't think it's ever going to get <laughs> out of style. It's never gonna, I don't, I, yeah. When I'm into yeah. a song, it's a song about nostalgia, you it, know, like a lot. And maybe we can like, get into that a little like bit more. But, uh, what were you going to say, Tony? I was going to uh, ask. I feel like I could listen to this on repeat song? at least seven uh, times before I get, before I'm like, all right, so maybe I should listen to The song that I want to see yeah. most live is Best Best of You. Yeah. Okay. Is that the name of the song? Yeah. Best you, said, of you. you said another Best of You, and it made me confused about about if the Foo Fighters actually had a song. Oh. But, um, yeah, this this is probably like by all measures my favorite song by the Foo Fighters, but I have I have yeah. so many. Yeah. Like, but uh yeah, but Best of You is one that I would love to see <laughs> live. Okay. Yeah. I mm-hmm. I love Best of You. Uh that came out when I was first picking up a guitar learning it and that was like the the um the octave okay. um nice. same album. The guitar octave solo that's in there uh is was one of the first things i tried to learn by myself and i wasn't good enough Mm -hmm. i would play guitar for like a month and a half and it you know uh i think my favorite is uh monkey wrench but however yeah yep however i love pretender a lot uh and i i've always said that this story happened on saturday night live it might have been david letterman yeah um but there's some live performance of mm-hmm. this that I watched and Pat Smear is just on stage, not playing anything except for the chorus and he's having a good time. And I was just, I, I remember watching it being like, yeah. this guy rules. He's just sitting there like bopping. And then he would go down there, you know, and, and then he's back to just holding his guitar and like going like, yeah, I think he does like I, a okay, slide at some point. I would go like my hero. Else, but like, that's, that's oh, it was yeah. just really Which fun to watch. I think like, was the first really like Foo Fighters song this guy, that I you know, he's, he's jazzed about to Foo Fighters. It's a great I think team. I had heard, and, I might have heard uh, Monkey yeah, Wrench so I, or Big Me or, you know, one of the Monkey Wrench. before, yeah. before, but it was the Varsity Blues soundtrack and that like, you know, just a giant just drum intro was was the first thing I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then to find out later that's yeah. that the the um, version of that was recorded by um, Cobain. Actually, when they were doing like the demo, that drum no riff way. was was Cobain uh, yep. playing. So like they flipped for it. It's, it's just, but yeah, this this entire era of Foo Fighters is just so interesting because it's somebody that was already a known amazing musician on drums uh, on one of the biggest bands in the world and this was a side project where he's he he's playing drums on on the recordings but like that's not his focus like it's the entire song and Mm kind of constructing something and it is so different from nirvana and yet you can still see the 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 string connections between the two um yeah no i uh everlong is same deal Uh, when i pick when i pick up a guitar if it's in drop d it's it's like one of the first things I'm going to play the majority of the time, just because it is so easy to get just such a mm-hmm. big sound out of, out of uh, any guitar with it. Yeah. I wanted to like talk about the lyrics a little bit because I, 
I mean, everybody knows the words to the song who who's heard it a couple of times before. And like I it sometimes I don't key into the lyrics, even though I learned them for a song. But this time around, like listening to it intently with like with wanting to talk about it, mm-hmm. it just like it made me realize so much like how I don't know, deeply felt it is and th- the fact that it is a nostalgic song and whoever it's about is n- it doesn't matter, right? Because people can say it's about Kurt. People can say it's about whoever. And if you watch Back and Forth, the documentary, they talk about kind of like the controversy surrounding that. But um, for me, it's like wanting to like go back to a moment. And if only you can have it for like one second, right? Like to just like be to be there. And like the fact that the song sounds like that and the way that the lyrics are structured, right? Because it wouldn't hit as hard as if it, if it didn't sound right with the words. And if everything could feel this way forever, right? Like how, like how simple, but how like profound and yeah, that's kind of where I come in with songs mostly is, is, is lyrics, even though, like I said, like sometimes I don't like key into the meanings until a little bit later. Sure. Sure. I'm this, I'm the same way, yeah. but like sometimes those lines just really stick out cause they hit really hard like that one, especially. There's there's a weird thing now, like now that you're talking about just like going back in time with it, that I hear that uh um it's like the pre-chorus guitar that and there's a part in that where it goes it's almost like it tries to go into something and no back. Like it's like we're kinda we're kinda in this thing and try to drift out. Nope, you're coming right back to it. Like it's because uh, that that was one of the things in the song that almost it almost bothers me because I don't think it resolves the way I would expect it to, but it doesn't resolve badly. You yeah. know, there there are certain things like I mean, going back to the Incubus song, like one of the things I love is because that riff that it mm-hmm. that's not a standard chord progression. Like that's not your four chord pop song. Right. It's it's a different thing. And this one is kind of the same thing that it it like even that riff just to drift into something else and then right back. Um, it's just really interesting. He's he writes like a like a drummer. It's like a, it's a fill. It's yeah. a guitar fill. Now here's... you should listen to him talk about this riff. Sorry. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Joe. This is uh, yeah. I got a question for you that you were talking about that da 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 and going back into it. Now you yeah. said the song's about nostalgia. Do you think that that's some sort of musical metaphor for you know you go about your you you're at a point in time and you're going about your life, but then something brings you right back. That's kind of yeah, what I was yeah. getting at, and I and I think the the crazy thing is that. I know as someone who's made things creatively, how often you'll make something and someone will draw an interpretation sure. from it that you mm-hmm. didn't mm-hmm. mean. So I think it, I think on some level you can point to it and say it, it means that to me. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I would be very surprised if that was the intent. Like if, if, if you're writing on that level on your you know, <laughs> yeah. really first release as a, as a solo artist, like that's, a uh, fuck. I, I will, I will bow to your feet. <laughs> like that is, that is a level of, thought uh to put into something so early on in your career i have i have much more of a feeling that it's something that we're able to project on oh it yeah after the right. fact um uh but yeah i don't know i honestly don't know yeah, i think a lot of times that there's stuff like that where people will be like oh i think this means this and then the people are just like yeah yeah that meant that yeah sure yeah that's exactly what yeah, it meant totally like i could go talk to incubus about the about like the dual meeting i see i see in crowd elevator yeah. they'd be like Oh yeah, that's that's actually about I I let out a fart like I <laughs> yeah I don't that know kills the right. yeah <laughs> I think there's a part of a good artist that can let the fans have what they want 
from it unless it's like yeah. a flagrant sort of thing yeah. you know where it's yeah and that's probably why like dave felt the need to like i don't know especially with the way that the band's reputation was sort of mired in like the not nirvana sort of thing yeah like he i don't know he's an artist but like the people can feel the way that they want to feel about it i would hate to like go up to a singer and be like the song means so much to me and like it helped me like this hard time is like it's about taking a shit <laughs> like i guess that's cool like i've had a couple of warp tour experiences you know where you walk up to somebody and like say hey man i love your band and they're like please go away <laughs> you know? like, uh yeah. i can draw sort of a bridge between uh incubus and foo fighters oh so let's go down that bridge fun yeah. and dumb at the same time uh so taylor um taylor hawkins before playing drums for foo fighters uh, played drums for Alanis Morissette on her tour for Jagged mm-hmm. Little Pill, and at that point in time, she was a she was a a, a um, record artist to the point where like they they booked the the backing band for her. like they had auditioned people and they were trying to get a certain look and certain sure, feel. Sure, sure. Um, and so one of the guys who auditioned for guitar for the same tour, Mike Einziger from Incubus. Wow. Yep. Did not get picked up for it. Uh, but but Hawkins did. So yeah, the, they have the Alanis Morissette connection. Nice. The degrees of connection. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Great. Does anybody have anything else about uh, Foo Fighters, about Everlong, uh, about feeling sad about the past? That music video is really fun. Where, oh, uh, yeah. The, and uh, not to give anything away because it's 20-something years old, <laughs> I think. But yeah. uh, uh, the part at the end, and like the, you knew it the whole time, but the part at the end where they take the bad guys, uh, you know, take the costume off i guess and it's pap smear yeah. and the bass player i was like huh, got me um yep I, I i was sure it was but it was just a fun little thing uh yeah. or like when taylor hawkins pulls uh the covers over and his drums are there that was a good time yeah uh one other thing i'd like to point out is i've listened to this song countless times never have i ever noticed that there the octave parts in the guitar are slightly different in the what is that? Is the br- uh is the little instrumental bridge before it goes back into the the pre-chorus there about three twenty four? There's um there's some harmonies with those octaves, and I've never noticed mm-hmm. it before. And like I said, I've heard the song a ton of time. Maybe it was just a single version versus an album version sort of thing. I don't know, but like I was listening to it for this, and I was like, whoa, that's great. So yeah. Also, I want to plug one yeah. thing that has nothing to do with me, but listening to this song at 50% speed <laughs> is a freaking experience. And it's like, since the guitars are so fuzzed out, mm-hmm. it's like a drone song. And honestly, like, put on the music video and you got like a, like a, like an eight minute version of Everlong. And it like, it totally is great. I mean, I sh- you should go back and listen to like your favorite songs at 50% and have <laughs> them be like slow tunes because... I don't know. I drone drones killer, it, so that's why oh, I'm. Is this something that you do often? That's cool. I've never thought to do that. You, sh- I, it, it works for this song really well. Uh, there are other songs like I tried to do "Hallelujah" by Jeff Buckley, mm-hmm. and it it did not. Oh, no. It did not work. <laughs> <laughs> there's too much. There's too much space. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like with uh, his vocal and just the guitar. I used to have an app for practicing guitar and bass that would slow down songs, so you could just beat whatever one into it, and then like to learn like a fast guitar or bass part and then just speed it up That's as cool, you get yeah. faster with it. It's like some uh, UG stuff. Yeah. You can do that with audacity too. If, uh, if you're into that. 
Uh, yeah, I like pain that's for music. Yeah, that's fair. I do too. I have I have Pro Tools. I get it. I totally understand. I got it. You guys are wells of knowledge of music production and genres of music that I haven't given the time of day to, but I've had so much fun uh, jamming these songs this past week and like learning more and trying to like in preparation for this. And hopefully I don't sound like a complete uh, idiot when it comes oh, to talking no, about this stuff, but you guys, all, no. you guys are like very, very in tune with what you like. And that's, that's exactly why I thought you guys would be good guests on this podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you. I, yeah, man. Thanks for yeah, having us. I, uh, I like that you uh, asked me to do Scott because I had a, I had a Weezer one ready to go. And I don't think anyone wants to hear me talk about Weezer any more than I already have. So uh, I, <laughs> maybe we can talk about Weezer later. I, that's a podcast in and of itself. <laughs> talk to me yeah. about Weezer. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go on and on about, uh, about, yeah, it doesn't matter. We're good. Uh, no, I appreciate I appreciate you having us. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Sweet. Well, the, here's the here's the plug time, the traditional plug time. So, uh, Joe, why don't you why don't you get get plug in? Follow Joe's personal Instagram. <laughs> Oh. But no, yeah, you can follow my band, uh, current band at uh, Malort and Savior Band on Instagram and uh, Malort and Savior on Facebook. You can just search for us. Uh, and then my old band uh, is a ska, band, ska punk band called Skankenstein. Uh, you can find us on Bandcamp uh, to listen to. Uh, it was one of, much like my band now, it was one of the most fun times of my life. And even though I cringe at how I sounded back then, like I cherish those times with those dudes and uh, it's a great, it's a great time in my life as we're talking nostalgia from Foo Fighters. So, uh, and then, yeah, uh, just keep, uh, keep enjoying things. That's, that's my plug right there. <laughs> Hell yeah. Nice. Tony. Uh, so uh, I mentioned it earlier, but uh, Vimeo.com slash crowded elevator. If you want to check out some of the, comedic short films i do because when i'm not making music i'm making movies <laughs> uh and uh also i moved out to chicago for harold Ramis film school at second city and recorded a podcast uh interviewing my friends and classmates around the program there uh called the film student podcast so you can go find that uh that actually features joe you'll appreciate this a bunch of party like it's as lead in nice. music uh for it so there's a good amount of sky in the opening uh segments awesome. of each one of those episodes. i love it uh, and then a couple other friends of mine uh, produce a podcast called uh, uh, Saturday Morning Cartoons, Morning with a U. Uh, that is uh, uh, pretty popular, and uh, I actually am going to be on an upcoming episode. I don't know when it's actually going to release, but uh, we're going to be reviewing Bobby's yeah. World. Uh, so uh, so I'm, I'm very excited about doing that coming up. But uh, check that one out. It's worth a subscribe. I'm on a bunch of their older episodes. Nice, too. dude. Wonderful. Tony and Joe. Thanks for doing like what you like. Well, Thanks, man. maybe we'll see. Well, you later. do you have? Hold yeah, on, hold on. Do you have anything to plug? Do I? Yeah. This is the pod. <laughs> this is the podcast that okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm plugging myself right uh, yeah. now. But yeah, yeah, music in the future. <laughs> Some sort of music will be coming from me in the future. Sounds great. But oh. I, I'll make sure to let everybody know about that. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for giving me that. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I mean, you gave it to us. It's only uh, fair. Yeah, Barry White. Why don't you take <laughs> us out? 
I just got to get on that soundtrack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>